What's up, Mississippi? The same Chris Tomlin, the Queen of Soul. Welcome to the third episode of Mississippi's FCA Leadership Podcast. You know we couldn't get started this month without a tribute to the Queen of Soul herself, Aretha Franklin. There will only ever be one like her. She graced us with her presence and her voice for a long time and she'll be missed. Uh, We'll play one of her gospel songs, a little clip at the end of this podcast for you to enjoy as well uh, we got to dive right in though we got a uh, little longer of an episode today uh, because it's a phone call uh, conversation between myself uh, Jonathan Fulcher and his board chairman Troy Dew and just the success that they've had and amp support uh, but not only that really I want you to hear the heart of Troy uh, a sold out board member to FCA and some things you might can learn from him if you Uh, are building a board or you're wanting to connect with your donors and supporters uh, just some valuable insight there coming from a guy who is a a volunteer in our ministry but loves our ministry so much so I know you'll enjoy that as well as uh, having our brother Bill Buckley our state director here to share a word with us so I want to go ahead and hand it off to him and he can share what God's been uh, teaching him and uh, about honor and what uh, and what he has to share with us today. So, Brother Bill, it's yours. Good morning, staff. Great to talk to you today. Hope all of you are doing well. We pray for you. We think of you. We love you uh, from the state office. And so, so I'm, I'm thrilled uh, that you are in the field. Uh, we, we just get so many great reports, and we're just uh, so grateful. I wanted to talk to you this morning a little bit about honor, that word honor. You know, it's kind of like the word love in our culture. It gets thrown around and lots of different definitions. So I'd like for us to hone in a little bit, drill down a little bit on that, that subject right there. Uh, I want to do that. Uh, by first uh, sharing a couple uh, real life stories. When I was at Mississippi State, there was a guy on the hallway where my office was. His name is Rocky Felker. Rocky is one of the top 10 all-time most favorite, greatest uh, football players at Mississippi State ever. He played quarterback during my era just a tremendous player, a tremendous guy, a fan favorite, just everything. And he's worked for Mississippi State his whole life. When I was there, most of the coaching staff, when they got there, had no idea who Rocky Felker was. They all came from other states, most of them the Northeast. They they didn't know who Rocky was. And I watched something happened there that was so disturbing. When we would travel 
uh, on football road trips, Rocky and I would often room together. Or they would put us both with a manager or a, tra- or a student trainer or something. And I, I wasn't offended that that happened to me, but I was offended that it happened to Rocky Felker. One of the all-time greats at Mississippi State and he's having to room with a manager or the chaplain. To me, that was a total lack of honor. Those coaches didn't know who he really was, and maybe they didn't care who he really was. So I want to encourage you to look around in your life and make sure you don't have a Rocky Felker. I remember one time we had a guy named Bull Bramlett come in to speak, and he was a Scott Carter kind of guy, just a lot of energy and passion and uh, former NFL player, and the guy just was great uh, at at, uh, evangelistic assemblies. And I had him in one time, and I put him up uh, at the the Motel 6. (laughs) You know, I was trying to save money. I was a young FCA guy just trying to save some money. Anyway, the next morning, we're about to start the assembly, and he looks at me and he says, Bill, if you don't change my room, I'm leaving. And I was kind of offended at that at first. I was like, well, hey, we're all doing this for the Lord. Why don't you just suck it up? But here was a 65-year-old man who was a great NFL player, and I just failed to recognize and appreciate his greatness. I changed his room and was really sorry that I ever did that, and I've never done it again. My definition of honor is to sacrifice something in order to recognize another's value. Honor and respect are very different. We can say yes, sir, and no, sir. We can do the social thing and never honor anybody, never really see who they really are and honor them for uh, for the the value of who who they really are. So I want to encourage you uh, in, in the word, Romans 13, 7 says, render to all what is due to them tax to whom tax is due, custom to whom custom is due, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. You can't fake honor because it comes from the heart. I want to ask you to just think about the way you relate to people. And is it on a level of respect? which is really kind of a superficial thing, or does it come from a deep honor of knowing that really Jesus so honored you and me that he died for us? There's deep value in honor, and it is sacrificial. So as you are living your FCA lives, think about that principle and definition of honor. 
here are some things that I do to show honor. I always fly my speakers first class. I don't care who they are. I'm flying them first class. Uh, That's to me, I, I don't want Bill Curry sitting in economy. Uh, Because of who he is among us, I think that's important. Uh, You know, I try to make my love offering truly lovely. (laughs) Back in the day, we would try to pay somebody just as, as little as we could because we were all starting out and FCA was getting cranked up here in Mississippi. And we would do, we'd, we'd get it down as low as we could. Well, I don't think that's honor. I believe that if you can't do an event to where your honorarium is not honoring, then maybe you shouldn't do the event. So be liberal. The word calls us to be liberal in our giving. That's about honor. I'll tell you another way to show honor on the school campus. And some of you have given me some feedback about the last document I put out about baptisms, water baptisms on on college campuses. But, you know, I believe that honor needs to dictate that as well. And I believe honor refuses to put a target on a coach or an administrator. I don't believe the gospel would ever do that. So I I, want to encourage you to think about what you do and say on campuses and what is going to be the reflection of that on the leadership there. I don't believe heaven rejoices when somebody gets water baptized at the 50-yard line uh, of a football field uh, of a public school. I'm sorry, I just don't believe that. Now, if you're at a Christian school like Mississippi College, Justin Graves, that, that, that's probably different. But on, on a public school campus, you're just at, you're begging for unwanted media attention. And I just don't think it's very honoring. Another way to honor is to respond clearly and quickly to your supervisor. That's, that's a no-brainer. And I just want to ask you to be thinking about just that whole idea of honor and how powerful it is. Because really, when we honor someone, we are cooperating with the Holy Spirit to release the greatness that's in that individual. And because of the way the Lord does relationships, other people really need our honor. So be thinking about that as you go through your, uh, your days and your weeks and uh, that we do uh, what Jesus did. He so honored the Father in everything he did. And I pray that we can go and do likewise. God bless you. All right, staff, I am joined now with uh, John.
Jonathan Fulcher, Area Director in Meridian, uh, Mississippi, and East Central Mississippi FCA, and his board chairman, Mr. Troy Du. Um, a little background on, on Mr. Troy. He lives in Stonewall, Mississippi, and he's been uh, an FCA board member for a while now, for uh, nearly three-plus years. He started serving as a board chairman here recently, recently back in uh, a couple years ago and works for uh, Liberty National Insurance uh, there in Stonewall and Meridian area. So, Mr. Troy, we thank you for, for joining us. Thank you for giving us uh, a little bit of your time this morning. Yes, sir. Uh, if you would, uh, I would just, I would love, before we get into the to the, the topic of the day, I would love for you to give us a little background on, on how you got involved with FCA and specifically the board, uh, maybe what drew you to FCA, um, and, and just a little bit how you got started. Okay. Um, Johnson was a youth pastor at our church, and um, he uh, felt a call to FCA, had the opportunity to come on board with FCA. Um, full-time, and um, so when he just shared his heart, I wanted to be one of the first ones to be involved in what he was doing. I had no idea really what FCA was doing uh, these days, and uh, so after he shared the opportunity and what FCA was able to do, uh, I just wanted to be one of the first ones to jump on board with him, and I did, and, uh, and uh, you know, it's been a good ride so far, and that's kind of how it got started. He was a youth pastor at church and moved into this ministry, and I just kind of followed him into it. Awesome, awesome. Um, well, you've been even even me over here in Jackson. I've, I've I hear about you and, and know how faithful you are and, and and your service there at SDA. Now that you're getting to know more about the ministry, uh, what do you think fires you up uh, most about it? Um, that's a good question. Uh, what really hit home is I went into the local high school one day to see my um, niece, and I walked into the front door just as a, you know, uncle off the street, and I asked to go speak to her. And it was, it, was, it was such a difficult thing to try to get into the school, walk in, you know, as, a, as, a, as a, a relative to speak to my niece, and I, it just dawned on me how hard it was to get on campus. Now, that's a good thing for security and all that, but it dawned on me, Jonathan, as an FDA director, can go on that campus um, any day, any time, and be able to uh, minister, pass out Bibles, pass out the Word, and uh, it just don't mean, look, we need to be on this 100% behind him or any other rep representative from SDA because they have the opportunity to be on campus uh, without going through all the red tape, without going through all the things that I was going through that morning. And um, so I just said, you know what, we're going to get behind this 100%, support him, do everything we can because He's able to go where the kids are and uh, and to do it, you know, legally under the FCA umbrella and uh, minister to them. So that, that's what fires me up about it. Awesome. That's a, that's a great testimony. And uh, you're right, FCA staff have been given a lot of times. Uh, there's a lot of trust built on our campuses and, and usually we're welcomed with, with open arms. So so thank you for sharing that. Well. Uh, one thing I, I, I think this podcast will probably be sent to board members as well, uh, maybe potential board members, and I want to use it as a resource for that. Uh, so what would you say if there was any potential FDA board member that can, that's considering joining uh, just as a, as a local business person, maybe they, they, maybe they 
are struggling to find a place to fit in currently, or maybe they are uh, they feel like they're too busy. Uh, whatever the case may be, what would be your in- encouragement to them uh, to 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 jump on this to jump on this board uh, or to jump on their local board and and give it everything they got? Uh, you know, so the, the word says some will be teachers, some will be evangelists, um, you know, some will be preachers. Um, you know, I think everybody has a, a God-given potential for ministry. And if somebody was trying to just find their place and wasn't doing one of those other things, maybe, um, this is a kingdom-building opportunity. And uh, I think uh, if somebody really looked at it that way, and then also the, what we do is ever. I mean, what we do is stuff that's going to go into eternity. So I think mm. if somebody actually was approached like that and had the opportunity to join something like that and be a partner with us, uh, I think it's one of the greatest things. And I think if they looked at it like that, what we do is eternity. What we do is kingdom building. And it gives somebody the opportunity to find their niche. That's what I present to potential board members. Mm. Mm. That's a good word. Thank you. And one thing I think gets overlooked sometimes, maybe a conversation that doesn't happen enough, is the conversation uh, uh, about what you guys as board members need from us as SBA staff. Uh, I, I know me personally, just my journey, I've been on SBA staff seven years now, or almost seven years, and um, uh, I, I sometimes I'm hesitant to talk to board. I don't want to uh feel like I'm bothering them sometimes or, or whatever whatever the, the specific uh, situation may be. Uh, a lot of times I, I wish board members would tell me what they need or, or they would be more vocal with, uh, with what's on their mind. So what can we do as an SBA staff uh, in our relationships with our board members to, to, keep, to keep you guys motivated or engaged, uh, just feeling like you're a part of the team. We certainly believe that, but I think sometimes we, we leave that out in our conversation. So what can we do uh, to, to to keep everybody motivated and engaged? Uh, when I when I was thinking about this earlier, it's, the number one thing that just brought out in my mind right away is communication. Here's the biggest thing, and this is what keeps board members motivated and wanting to be a part. If we see the results of an outreach, an event, a huddle, uh, whatever, a camp, if we see the results, that is the biggest motivator for a board member, period. But what, what Johnson's done recently is we are, we're bombarded with results of what God is doing. We got a text last night, or early this morning, that a, a MCC a softball camp uh, out here at a Camp Marydale that we're doing a camp, four girls got saved and baptized in the lake last night. Nothing, nothing, nothing is better than communication with your board members the lack of it will leave them dragging behind. And here you mentioned the comment about bugging. You, you do overkill on it. I'm talking about I would rather have too much information than not enough. So uh, now if you want to give me some passion about communication is the key, and we're doing a super job of it over here right now, and I think that's what, that's what keeps our board members engaged. Let me give you an example. That text went out this morning. No less than, than 8 to 10 board members responded this morning. Mm. That's what you want. Mhm, mhm. Man, that's that's good. And I, I think that, uh, FCAY—that's uh, that's a that's a thing that we we want to increase is is the amount of communication, whether it's staff to staff, staff to board, uh, specifically staff to donors, because even the donors don't see it as much as even maybe a board member does. So uh, that can that can go up and down of the ladder, uh, all all directions. 
So thank you, Walt. Let's start to move in a little bit to our topic, which is AMP support. Uh, Jonathan, you guys are killing it over there. I know uh, we'll get into specifics about that in a minute, but uh, as as the as the director in that area, as you're looking um, at what at what God's leading you to do, what what has stood out? What what makes you so adamant about raising AMP support? I think uh, one of the main things that makes me so adamant about it is coming into the ministry and being faith-funded. Uh, you know, not not only um, is the ministry, you know, we, we don't wake up every morning uh, looking for something to do. There's plenty of things to do in the ministry. As a matter of fact, I go to bed every night thinking of things that I didn't get to finish. And one of those things that can be uh, kind of weight-bearing is the funding side. And if you live uh, from big event to big event, um, it was creating a lot of stress uh, that I felt was unneeded uh, in between those events. Whenever you would see your budget go low, or you would wonder if you would have a someone just give a, a you know anonymous donation to help you make it through to the next month, and I, we just got tired of looking at that spreadsheet and going, uh, "Well, I hope we make it to our next big event so I can still have a job." And so um, AMP is where it was all, you know, underlined. That's that's the answer, is knowing what you have coming in every single month to help meet the expenses of the ministry to keep the ministry going month to month and to achieve 100% funding through AMP support. Um, that allows you a lot of freedom in ministry, uh, not to carry a burden from day to day, wondering um, if you're going to get a paycheck next month. And... Uh, if you're going to survive to the next big event. So uh, it took, takes a lot of pressure off the big events also to allow you to kind of work more freely in those things and uh, to see greater success come out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of my biggest my biggest hopes, is, uh, especially as we hire more people, as we look to, to shrink, to grow, and, and find more people to jump on our team. Man, there's uh, we've all felt it. There's nothing worse. Um, then getting to a place like uh, leadership camp time and and going, man, there's a kid or two or a coach that needs to go to CTO, uh, but I'm not sure if I scholarship them if uh, if that's going to put me under. You know, I know that's a and that's my heart uh, in it, and that's why I, I wanted to have this this call um, is that man to 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 show staff. And to uh, to help rally us to a place where we are feeling that, because I, I I know, and you'll have a chance to speak to it in a minute. But now that you're you're getting on the other side of that, where there isn't as much stress about whether the paycheck's going to make it, and you can send more kids and more uh, coaches to camp or whatever you're trying to do, I know that uh, that does free you up and that does release some stress. It doesn't take the urgency and the desire to raise more support because there's still other people and other ministry opportunities, but the, the stress that you take home with your with your spouse or that you're uh, having to go home wondering uh, if, if if the next check doesn't come in or the next event gets rained out or uh, some things don't work out is that going to put you in a in a bad spot going forward um, so Mr Troy I know that you uh, have been walking alongside him and been around the ministry now for a little while what what about you? Uh, at what makes you so passionate about the, the AMP support that, that you would give as much effort to it as you have? Well, some of these comments will overlap, but what I saw going in early on <clears throat> a few years ago was I saw the pressure it was putting under the director. Uh, 
as as we went along, and I just I just felt like that that was taken away from the ministry. And I said, whatever we got to do, we we got to get this base, this amp base, uh, raised so it can free up the mind and the heart of our of our director wherever they are in our state or with SCA wherever they at. And so I just we just went to a <clears throat> to a state meeting, a board president's meeting, kind of learn what you, what your job responsibilities would do or your duties. And that word social came up, and I thought, you know what, this is this is this is the ticket. This is the way to go. And uh, so, and another thing about, I want to make sure we we make this point. There there's no such thing as being fully funded. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I kind of heard that over the last three years getting into this ministry. But see, people uh, end up uh, not being able to stay as a partner because of one reason or the other. It could be health issues. It could be job. It could be uh, whatever. But See, as, as we have a little bit of attrition along the way, then those partners need to be, uh, you know, replaced with some new partners. So I'm just at the mindset now there is no such thing as fully funded. This is an ongoing process from now on, in my opinion. So mm. that's kind of where we stand on that. Mm. That's, that's a good that's a good uh, vision, a good word on that. Well, let's uh, let's dive in even more specific. You guys have found a, a great niche with these amp gatherings that you have. Some people call them socials. Some people uh, call them gatherings. I, I think amp gathering is uh, probably the, the most commonly used lingo there. Um, from what I know, I'll give a quick overview. The, the amp gatherings that I've seen not only in, in y'all's area but in our area, ones that I've done or uh, ones that I've had an opportunity to be a part of is – Simply this, it's where there are people that are close to your ministry or, or maybe even not, but the people that, that would be potential AMP supporters are invited to a place where they are invited to be uh, uh, considered to partner with SCA on an AMP support basis. Uh, very specific uh, ask, very specific goals. Uh, maybe the, the size of these differs from area to area. Um, but this is a we're talking about a, a gathering of couples or uh or people that could be potential partners with our ministry. We bring them in for maybe a dessert, maybe a lunch, maybe a dinner. Uh, we serve them. We have a short presentation. And they're asked specifically uh, to join the uh, the AMP uh, the automatic monthly partnership uh, team. So, Mr. Troy, what was your what was your thought process? Did y'all hear about these from other places? What was your reasoning? behind what uh what landed you guys on having these small gatherings in your area. Yeah, I just saw that that, that would be a opportunity to, to raise some funds for SCA and like I said, I think I first heard the idea of the state training meeting that I went to as board president. Mm-hmm. And so uh just started thinking about it, brought it back home and we implemented it. Mm-hmm. Well give us a little give us a little uh logistical information what are the details and putting one on like i said i know these can can vary but you guys have have, have probably learned the the do's and the don'ts and the best practices uh so i'm giving you a list of questions how many people who do you invite where do you have them uh what are the big rocks in the schedule and how often do you do them don't worry about getting lost in those i can i can keep us on on task with those questions but just just give us the details in your uh in your opinion what are some of the the best practices uh of putting one of these on okay so as we came back and when i was going through that thought process of the gathering i thought you know if you sit down with one person and ask them to join as a partner that's a yes or a no and that's one person 
But the shotgun effect would be talking to six to eight couples at one time, and then you're seeing more people. You're still sitting down, but you're just talking to more people at one time. So I just thought it made more sense to do a gathering of many people instead of just one at a time. So uh, one of the first things is thinking about who am I going to call on this. So our, our top three things that we focus on is school board members, um, any parents that have kids in that school, in that area. Any parent is a good person to contact. And then local business owners, uh, that, that all, they always want to get involved in the community and the local school. So school board members, parents with kids, business owners. And um, our, our approach to them is uh, we're going to have a get-together uh, next Tuesday night. We're going to do it at the pitch camp. We would like to share the FDA message with you. Uh, we want you to come. We're going to feed you. It'll be free. And our area director will share his heart. At that time, we're going to ask you to look at consider partnering with us at that time. And the reason we do it like that is there is no misunderstanding of why they're coming. They know that we're going to ask them to partner. And so really, to be honest with you, if they show up, you've already hit a home run because they already know that they're going to be asked to partner. Uh, I didn't like the blind uh, uh, take on it to work. I'm inviting them to come eat with us, but we're not, they don't know what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And so it's been ten times better that if they show up, you have won most of that battle. Um, and so um, how many people, this is a great question because this is in, critical. If you invite four couples, two's going to show up. If I invite six, three couples going to show up. So I want to invite twice as many as I'm expecting. So if I want, if I want eight couples to, uh, um, to be there, if I was doing a big one, I would have to invite uh, 14 to 16 couples because it's, 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 we've done enough of these that's the number that's going to fall out is about half. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing is where a local eating place in a community that's easy to get to. Another thing about this is, is, is this goes out around the state. You want to focus on a school at a time, a community at a time. You're not going to do something, say, in Brandon with that school board or those people in Brandon schools area and then go up to Madison and invite people over to Brandon. I would stay in the city of Brandon and focus on that one community. And that's the way we've done this, and it's worked out very well. You do it on a weeknight most of the time, and people don't want to drive 30, 40 minutes. They want to be able to drive, you know, 10 minutes down the street, go eat supper with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you mentioned uh, maybe uh, what do we do when we get there. And my job as a board member is to plan it, set it up, and get them there. Once we start and we get in the door, I'm through. That's where Jonathan, as director, picks it up, and he'll, he'll share that. Um the second half of the year is when we do most of these, and here's why. The spring and summer is so full of camp and so full of activities, so full of fundraisers, so full of breakfast and uh, uh, golf tournaments and stuff. We don't have a lot of board activity from September to Christmas. The last three years, we focused on September to December on doing these because most of our activity events have happened already. So now we're actually kicking off this now. We're going to try to have um, six to eight. Uh, big gatherings between now and December, and we're planning that right now, starting in two weeks. So uh, mm-hmm. what time of the year? The second half seems to be better because the first half is just so full of activities for SCA. So, uh, but mm-hmm. once I, once we get them there and get set down wherever we're doing the venue, um, that's where I'm through. My job was to get them there. And that takes a lot of pressure off the director because that would put extra pressure on the director to say, well, you get them there, director, and then we'll do this gathering. Uh, right. What I'm trying to do is take that pressure off the director, get them there, and then let the director share his heart. Right. Man, that's good. Those are some good, some good points. Uh, I think those will be blessings to our to our staff. 
Uh, so you guys are repping these out. Um, and, I, and your role, uh, your position with SBA uh, might uh, might determine how many of these you have. As a director, Donovan is, is – uh, task with with raising support for an area and doing and growing ministry and so if you're an area rep that may you may not have quite as many you may have a uh, you know you may just be putting together a few people that that you're calling a board and so that may not be a a huge thing that you guys can do every month and so don't feel the pressure to do that but um, these these don't have to be controlled by board members they can be uh, or put on, excuse me, by board members. You can have a few supporters that are, that are family members that are uh, involved or close to your ministry that may help you want to do these things as well. So don't feel left out uh, if you haven't got a developed board yet uh, or, or, or something like that. These things are, are flexible, and that's what I like about them. Well, John, uh, Mr. Troy answered his question on his role and responsibility. Jonathan, what do you focus on? What What is your uh, your your focus going into one of these, what what do you do to prepare and, and what do you do when you get there? Uh, I just want to touch a little bit. You know, it takes a lot of pressure off of me um, when Troy calls me and says, hey, next Tuesday we got a social at this place. Does that work out for you? And I just show up and the people are there. Troy's, you know, has extended uh, his welcome to them and got them there. And so the, my responsibility going in is to present a present the ministry of FCA and to ask the people there to, to join our home team, to join our, our efforts in this ministry. And so the way I do that is I've done two different ways. I've had a booklet I've printed that has, uh, you know, the high points of FCA. Um, we've had, you know, we want to make sure that we declare what our vision is as FCA, what our mission, what our core values are. Um, and then I, we've also included a student from a local high school uh, to come in and share testimony about their the impact of SCA on their life on their campus and uh, we have a student there and then uh, we'll go into some testimonies I always have a lot of pictures that show uh, the things that are going on in the ministry in the area uh, that the school board or the people there at that table are familiar with you know I don't want to show pictures of something that's happening uh, three hours away I want to show if I can something that's happening at home because uh, Troy always asks this question, did you know this was going on at your school? And the answer is always, I had no clue. And so that's real impactful. And then at the end of that, uh, I usually, you know, I'll take 20, 25 minutes. I can go shorter. I can go longer. I'll let them ask questions. We always stop in between and ask if there's any questions. Um, and then at the end, I always have a diagram that shows what our need is for AMP. And I ask, you know, that they find themselves somewhere on that diagram uh, of giving per month and uh, you know it's something that um, has been real successful um, going back to what Troy said and getting people there I think everybody in FCA can relate to this you get to a point in a place to where you run out of the call list um, your call list begins to be people that you don't really know and maybe someone that just that they told you about and so calling that person and getting that person, number one, to meet you one-on-one -on -one is hard. And then for them to build a relationship with you, to trust you, trust the ministry, for them to give to the ministry has to be a God thing. And uh, it happens, but it is hard. And uh, these meetings really help whenever you have someone extending and bringing people in that, that trust you and that their trust is extended to you through your board member. And um, I think that's that's a big deal. 
Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, we got we need to we need to shut it down. Uh, let's talk about a few more things. Uh, follow up. I, I know maybe the most important thing, so we don't want to leave that off uh, because I think every FCA staff has felt the weight of of not knowing how to follow up or having people say, "Yeah, man, I'm going to give," uh, and then you don't hear from them. You feel like you're bothering them. And I know you guys have a very uh, pointed approach at how you follow up uh, with the people that come to these. So uh, maybe you guys could hit on that and on the results of that. What are what are you seeing coming from these? Do you have a ballpark percentage on hey we for every ten couples we invite, this is how many of them typically give. Maybe what your overall uh, overall increase in AMP is. That may be too much to talk about. So I can remind you if we get off topic. But so the the question is. What are y'all? What does y'all's follow up process look like, and what are some of the results uh, from your from your ant gathering? Uh, I'll I'll talk about that. Uh, the follow up um, we've we've done this in two different ways. Um, Troy has actually followed up with a lot of these people, and uh, because he knows them personally, and so um, he'll look at them at the end and he'll go, "Hey, I'll call you next week," or. He'll call me and he'll ask me, hey, if they signed up to give, and if they haven't, he'll go, hey, I'm, I'm going to give them a call and see where they're at. And so that's been a big help to me, um, helping me in that follow-up. If You know, we'll we'll talk about it at the end of every social. Me and him will kind of get together as we're leaving. He'll go, all right, you're going to follow up with them. I'll follow up with them. And having someone help you do that is a big deal um, mm-hmm. because you're right. Follow-up sometimes is the hardest thing to do and knowing how to do it, you know. And so having a board chairman uh, who is ultimately a volunteer call someone and say, hey, um, where are you at at signing up with the help ministry of FCA uh, is a big help, and it comes off a lot different coming from them. And we've also had people sign up right then at that social. And mm-hmm. so we've had people join uh, that night. Um, and so that's that's kind of what we do there. Mm-hmm. And what – what uh, what – Results are you guys seeing? Do you have that on hand? Is that yeah. uh, that ballpark percentage? Uh, what can you what can you tell us about how successful these things are? Um, estimated wise, I think we've had about seventy five percent participation. So three out of the four people that come to these meetings uh, ultimately sign up and join our AMP team, and that statistic is a lot higher than a one on one meeting. Um, and so I mean we've seen uh, we started these. Uh, two years ago, and in two years' time, uh, we've increased our AMP uh, close to uh, about $2,500 to 3000 in between those two figures. I'd have to get a harder figure on it, but close to it, um, to putting us over 80% funded through AMP support um, altogether. So uh, we, we see about three out of four uh, commit to give. Um, they're either there or follow up, and then um, you know we've seen it grow. And every single one of them has been that way. We haven't had one that we went to that we didn't have anybody give. Uh, every single one we've had, somebody has signed up. Mm-hmm. Well, man, I, I think that's it. I think that covers it. Um, uh, even even more so than just what y'all are doing. I, I I know that other people have had these and I've heard uh, success stories from them. And so that's why I'm adamant about doing it. I, I firmly believe that this is, this is a key amp support is the key to sustainable ministry. And it's going to be uh, what, 
what enables us to do this shrink to grow is what enables us to, to grow our ministry, period. And so thank you guys for, for giving us your time. Uh, Mr. Troy, thank you for your service. I know you got plenty of things going on, but for you to, to stop and give us a few minutes there. Uh, is there anything y'all would like to say, close on, or uh, encouragement before we go? Um, I would just like to encourage any staff member just to uh, really uh, push to increase your amp. Uh, I can't stress enough of how much uh, weight it takes off your shoulders. For instance, we're on a push right now to finish out this year raising $2,000 more in amp support. And we started this in August, and since then we've raised $350 in amp. And so we've got $1,650 to go. And by doing that, we'll be completely, uh, all of our monthly uh, expenses will be covered, will be over 100% um, on monthly expenses covered just by AMP. And the freedom that comes with that, um, you know, whenever you're doing a breakfast, whenever you're doing a golf tournament, our golf tournament this year, we were able to allot 60% of our golf tournament funds towards camp scholarships. And so we were able to put $15,000 into our camp org uh, just for camp. Mm-hmm. And be able to do that is huge because, that, like you said, it lets, allows us to do more ministry. And if there's anything I can say is, man, raise your amp, get it up as high as you can get it, and don't quit because it, it may be a slow process rolling, but it once the more you do, the more you start seeing the results and the more freedom comes for you to do more ministry. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mr. Troy. Yeah, I, well, the last thing I'd like to say is there's a there's a board member out there or there's somebody in your community that this could be a niche for them. In other words, uh, I really feel like this is what I want to do in the future is focus just on AMP and the gathering. In other words, if somebody just took that and run with it on a board of anywhere in our state, one person, you've hit a home run. And I just feel like there's people out there. That, that could take this as a niche. You know, some some of them runs a golf tournament. Some of them does this. Some of them does that. If you got one board member that said, you know what, I'm just going to take this and run with it. Who wants to help me? Uh, that I would like to challenge, a, a, you know, a, a director to find that board member or if a board member hears this, maybe it speaks to your heart to say, you know what, this is all I'm going to do. And if you do that, you hit a home run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so good. Well, thank you, guys. I just did a quick uh, – I'm a, I'm a numbers guy, so I just – was uh, doing some quick tallying. If, if if every multi-area, not even every area, uh, did what y'all did over the next uh, two years and increased their support to 2500 to 3000 more dollars in AMP, uh, that would be somewhere around twelve, dollars to $12,000 a month coming in for the whole state. Multiply that times 12, that's 144000 more dollars a year coming in. And man, what a what a blessing, what a addition to our ministry that would be. So I'm I'm on board with it. I thank you guys for for your time, and uh, I look forward to to what's going on in y'all's ministry. And uh, I know the Lord's blessing it. And we thank you guys. Uh, appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Talk to you later. All right, guys, I hope that was a blessing to you and your ministry. It was a blessing for me to be on the call with them. One thing they wanted me to emphasize to close was that they've, uh, Jonathan's board has made a commitment to not have Jonathan ever pay for any of these amp gathering meals. So they all come together and chip in on whether they cook 
or, or whatever they're doing, they always provide that without letting that come out of Jonathan's org. Uh, that way it's not uh, a huge investment for him. He's just really showing up and, and, uh, and investing his time and, and energy into the presentation and the ask. So get together with your supervisor and maybe your board chairman or a group of supporters that have helped you get connected with potential donors or other uh, folks in your area and talk about what one of these could look like for your ministry. I think it would be a huge blessing to you and you would be reaping benefits for it from years to come. All right, that's it, guys. I hope this has been good for you. Uh, Continue to give us ideas and feedback on uh, what you want to hear out of this podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you and your ministry. And I'll leave you with this quote from Francis Chan. Christians are like manure. Spread them out, and they help everything around them grow better. We keep them in one huge pile, and we just stink horribly. So go and tell the world that they got a friend in Jesus. Mm-hmm.